Welcome to the Rocky Mountain Christian Church Podcast. Rocky is a community of believers who want to know Jesus and love like Him. Let's take a listen to this week's message. Hey Rocky, so good to see all of you today. I'm so glad you joined us on this last weekend of the year, and I hope you had a great Christmas. And here's what we want to do today. We just want to kind of sit back in a laid back atmosphere, just want to welcome you to my home, my living room. And I want to share one thought to end the year and to begin this next year. And then I want to invite our campus pastors in to celebrate a few things about 2020, because believe it or not, not all of 2020 was bad. Now, if you get to Galatians chapter six, if you've got your Bible or your phones, and in Galatians chapter six, Paul writes to the Galatian church or the churches in the area of Galatia. And he writes this verse that just has stuck with me throughout the last couple months. He says this, he starts off in verse nine and he says, do not become weary. Man, if you just stop right there and you take that word, I think the word weary, it just describes 2020. I mean, we step back, I don't know how many times that I've talked to people and they've just said, well, it's 2020. Like anytime things go wrong right now, we just coin the phrase and say, well, it's 2020. And I think the weariness has created some exhaustion. I was sitting with our former lead pastor, Alan Algram, founder of the church, and we were having this discussion and, and he kind of coined a phrase for me that has stuck, and I think people have resonated with it the more I've said it. And you may recognize it. We were talking, and I was talking about the weariness I felt in making decisions for the church and leading through and then leading my family. And he just stopped me and he said, I get it, because uncertainty is exhausting. And the more I've said that phrase to church leaders, the more I've said that phrase to business leaders, to dads, to moms, just to people in general, the more people have said, man, that is exactly what I feel right now. We feel the weariness of the uncertainty of 2020. Whether it's pandemics, whether it's politics, all of those different things, we feel it. Now, I'm gonna say something that's a little counterintuitive, but I want you to stick with me because the weariness, we kind of ask, we need to ask where it comes from. Does it come from all the politics? Does it come from COVID? Does it come from all these things? I would actually say that I think the weariness and exhaustion that we feel emotionally, mentally, relationally, all of those things may actually come from how much time and energy we've spent trying to protect ourselves in 2020. I mean, you just think all the different things. Things we've done with masks, the things we've done to stay in home orders, we think all those things. And you can sit here and say, Sean, don't get political on me. I'm not trying to get political. I think today what I actually want to do is take this illustration and get deeply spiritual. You see, what Paul says, he goes on in the passage and he says, do not become weary in doing what? Do not become weary in doing good. And he goes on and he says, in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You think about all the protecting that we've done for the sake of protecting ourselves, but also for the sake of not doing any harm to others this last year. Are we any happier? <laughs> Are we any healthier relationally and emotionally than we were before? Man, I think statistics say all over the place that we're not. And if you step back and you look at the dichotomy of the difference between the two of those things, when you talk about doing good and the idea of protecting ourselves, doing good is not the same as doing no harm. You see, doing no harm is passive. Doing no harm means avoiding action. Doing no harm is about protecting ourselves and ultimately it probably does more harm than we actually realize. But when we step into what Paul's talking about and he says, man, do not become exhausted. Do not become weary in doing good. You see, doing good is not passive. Doing good is actually active. Doing good is doing things on behalf of other people. It is getting in and getting our hands dirty and serving others and doing whatever it takes 
to do what someone else needs. And if you step back and you look at scripture, there's not one hero in the Bible who became a hero because they spent their time protecting themselves and doing no harm to others. I mean, think about it. Uh, Moses didn't spend his time trying to protect himself and do no harm. Moses put himself in harm's way by going to Pharaoh, walking into his court and saying, God says, let my people go. David volunteered to walk in front of a giant. Queen Esther volunteered to share her nationality with King Xerxes, which put her life and her position in danger. And ultimately, our Savior came to this earth and he went to a cross and he stretched out his arms and he died for people. And you wanna talk about protection. The only protection that those people tried to give was the protection of people other than themselves. Man, you go back to the verse and there's a promise within the verse that Paul gives. He says, let us not become weary of doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Man, the Greek language right there in the grammar is not that that's a good principle, maybe a good idea. Maybe it'll happen in some situations. It is a promise where Paul is saying, man, this just works out. It's just God's math that when we do not become weary in doing good, when we actually, when we exhaust ourselves in doing the things of God and worrying about the welfare of other people, then what happens is God produces a harvest in due time. Now that's the hard part. That's the hard part about doing good and exhausting ourselves for doing good because God says that the harvest or the blessing or the promise will be fulfilled in his time. The Greek word actually there is the appointed time. And, and Paul uses the idea of a harvester. And what does he do? He plants the seed, but the farmer doesn't stand there and scream at the ground, asking the ground why the seed's not sprouting and growing fruit. You see, the farmer understands that he has to fertilize it, he has to work it, that ultimately it will take time. And it's the same thing with us. Parents, you get this with your kids. Man, you try to teach your kids, you give them wisdom, you coach and you care for them, and they don't automatically learn the lesson and change the next day. It is a lifetime of loving and counseling and working for their good that ultimately produces a harvest. Business owners, man, you make decisions right now every day to take care of your business, but also to take care of your employees. You could make decisions to protect yourself. You probably even make more money. But in the end, if you make decisions out of integrity, out of the thought and the care for those that work for you and for your customers, sometimes you don't make it as much in the short term, but in the long term, you create a reputation that lasts. Man, it's historical too. And if you just look through the history, we're going through a pandemic right now. I was reading some things about pandemics in history. And do you actually realize what put Christianity on the map? Pandemics and persecution were the things that put Christianity on the map. From the time that Jesus died and he went up to heaven and he started the church, in Acts chapter eight, persecution begins, the stoning of Stephen. And it says it launches persecution on the church that God used to actually spread people across the countryside into other countries. And they shared the gospel as they went. Did you realize and know that history says that for the next 300 years, for the next 300 years, the Roman emperors persecuted the church because the church would not fall into line and worship Caesar, which was the national religion of the day. And so for 300 years, Christians were persecuted. They were thrown to lions in the Colosseum. They were burned at stakes. They were crucified along roadsides. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of Christians were killed throughout history because of their faith. And then what happens is in the midst of that, in those 300 years, there were two major pandemics. We're going through a pandemic. You have never seen a pandemic like these pandemics. 
In AD 165, there was a pandemic that came through Rome. Then again, 70 years later, there was another pandemic that came through that actually wiped out 25% of the population of the city of Rome. 5,000 people died per day. And do you know what the people and the leaders did? The wealthy, the governmental leaders, the people in charge, what they did is they fled, they ran. They protected themselves. Uh, they didn't want any harm to happen to themselves or their families, so they pulled out and they left. And you know who ran in? The Christians because of their compassion, because of their commitment to the law of Christ to love God and love their neighbor. They lived it out and they ran into Rome. They created hospitals, they created clinics, they took care of people. They, some of them caught the virus and died themselves, but they put themselves in harm's way. And in the 300s, there was a guy named Constantine who becomes the emperor. His mother had been exposed to faith. She teaches him about faith and he's caught between the issue of him being the emperor who people are worshiping and also understanding everything these Christians have gone through. Being impressed by that, also understanding the faith they have in Jesus, he converts to Christianity. He takes the Senate, he actually makes Christianity an organized religion, like a recognized organized religion. And then ultimately later on, he makes it the national religion of the Roman Empire. And what you have is Christians doing exactly what Paul said throughout the first three centuries. And the harvest, if you see the seeds that they planted of their determination to follow Christ, even in the midst of being thrown to lions in the Colosseum, their determination to follow Christ and to love people as Jesus loved people and to rush into the pandemic and to care for people. You see that and what you see is God produced a harvest that some of those Christians did not experience in their lifetime but they experienced a harvest of righteousness and salvation in heaven. But others, you and I, experienced the harvest of taking Christianity to the world. I think we step back and sometimes we don't think, we don't think we can make a huge difference. And some of you may be sitting here and saying, well, Sean, what are you saying? Are you talking about the pandemic right now and masks and all? No, let's take this into our own personal lives. I think sometimes what we do in our own personal lives, we try to protect ourselves from the pain that we experience from sometimes making right decisions, sometimes leaning into relational conflict that we need to lean into, sometimes doing the right things with our kids or making the right business decisions or just standing up for our faith and staying committed and connected to the church and to Christianity and to our friends who are Christians in general. Man, what if, we look back over 2021 and we see the exhaustion that we've gone through at protecting ourselves in a pandemic. And we actually look at our own lives and see the exhaustion that we may have put ourselves through in not diving in and committing ourselves to doing the right things, the good things relationally that God's called us to do. What if in 2021, we spend our time exhausting ourselves in doing good? and leaning into the things that God's called us to do with our kids, leaning into our finances the right way, leaning into our commitment and faith and doing the right things and in integrity in our business and our relationships and our friendships, and most of all, staying connected to the mission that God has called us to as a church. That might be. We get done with 2021, we may be exhausted, but there will be a harvest to look at that may be contagious to the people around us. And I just wanna take a moment and I just wanna pray for us, I wanna pray for you, and pray that God will just encourage us not to quit. I mean, that's what Paul says. He says, do not become weary in doing good. God's gonna produce a harvest. If you do not what, don't quit. And so there's some of you right now, you're thinking about quitting on some things. And I just encourage you not to, because it may take some time, 
but God will bless. Let me pray for you. Man, God, we just wanna pray that right now. Would you give us the confidence to believe, to keep going, to keep pushing through, not to, to not quit, to help us to believe that you are going to produce a harvest if we will continue working for your good. So Father, I wanna pray for the person specifically right now that is thinking about a relationship or thinking about in their family, issues in their family or whatever it may be that they're feeling like, man, I'm just ready to quit. I don't know if I have the energy. Father, give them the energy to push through. And then, Father, for those who are thinking about decisions and they just don't know if they have the courage to push through the right decision right now, Father, I pray that you would help them to know that the right decisions always lead to the right results when you're in it. And so, Father, bless them. Father, I pray just for our church too, that you allowed us just to continue to push through. And Father, I pray that there would be a harvest that would not just bless our church and our community, but would bless each individual that's watching today. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, I wanna invite our two campus pastors to come join me and, and share a few things. And I, I need you all to know that these are two of my closest friends. Man, I love these two dearly, and I am incredibly impressed with their leadership over 2020. I, mean, I look at Matt and his ability to inspire and to challenge. He does that every weekend, and he does it with such heart and also such strength. I think we're all blessed by that. And then I look at Amanda, our, our Niwak campus pastor, and Amanda just makes decisions and loves people and cares for people in a way that coaches them up, makes them feel loved, and makes them want to be better in every area of their lives. And these guys are such incredible leaders for us, and I want you to hear from them right now. All right, guys, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. And 2020 has been crazy. It's been ups and downs, and life's been all over the place. And I just wanted you guys to share a few wins, just some great things that have happened this year. And so I want you to share. Yeah, I, one of my favorite things, if we go clear back to January, um, before all the COVID stuff and pandemic was um, upward. And mm. I think we had our biggest year. We had 650 kids. Mm. Um, yeah, it was great. I think the last thing I remember is going to the All-Star Games at the Nuggets game. <clears throat> I think it's yeah. the last Always thing we did. It. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. I think one of my pre-COVID, uh, before we got into the COVID season, uh, memories was Night to Shine, which was mm -hmm. first week of February, which is always a highlight for us. And um, But this one is a little bit more even memorable because, um, I mean, we've even used the phrase for this year, it's been an unexpected season, yeah. but it brings about unexpected opportunities. Yeah. And... Um, the Night of Shine event, uh, like a blizzard came through yes. <clears throat> like the night before, <clears throat> then into the next day. And, um, and so our team had to literally take all the outside activities and within a couple hours figure out how to do that on the inside. Right. And they were moving so fast, getting so much done. And it turned out to actually be one of the best Night to Shines you've ever had. Yeah. So it's interesting. We were all bummed out like, ugh, we've got to change everything up. And then we loved the changes. Right. which will probably use those changes in future Night to Shine yeah. events. So, so awesome. We had, you know, at the Fred campus over, you know, 600 people in the building from guests, from volunteers to local, you know, mayors and town managers that were coming to check it out. And uh, yeah, it was a super fun night. It, I think what's cool about those two events too is like, it's, there's a lot of things that we do that are for the community. Some things we do that are for our church. Man, there was just such a, such a mixture of people. Like you would see church people, but there were so many people we'd never met before at both of those events. And I thought it was incredibly fun. Yeah. Cool. So we were pretty busy even before COVID. Right. And COVID <clears throat> happened. Yeah. And then we entered into this season where, um, and we say this all the time from the stage, but 
one of the ways that uh, we kind of figure out what do we need to be doing, no matter what season we're in, we keep asking the question, how can we help? And we actually, um, we're doing a lot of things early on at the beginning of COVID. We were, I think, um, as we began to pivot of what that looks like and differently, we were gathering people to deliver food and snacks and all of those things to um, first responders, firefighters, um, healthcare workers. It was awesome to see our people rally in that way. And I think shortly after that, we did a random acts of kindness thing. Mm -hmm. um, somebody came and sang at it, your- uh, Somebody came to my house. To your house. Yeah. They did. And was like, hey, I want to bless your family with some worship. And so we, Went was, on it, the poor. was it a blessing? It was. No, it was actually very good. The person knew how to sing, that's which awesome. was good. Yeah. And uh, but it was totally unexpected. But she's like, "Yeah, that's what how I want to bless people." And yeah, I still remember. It's very cool. I pumped gas at the gas station up on Highway 66. Yep. Favorite thing. If I wouldn't have run out of money, I could just pump <laughs> gas all day long. Yeah. Um, just super cool stories. I I had a kid who showed up at the gas station. Um, he was rummaging in his car. And finally, I'm like, buddy, are you good? And he's like, no, I have no money. I live in Denver. Um, I have I have no way to get gas. And I'm like, it's your lucky day. I'm buying mm -hmm. your gas today. And he was like, that doesn't just happen. Yeah. So super cool yeah. opportunity. Yeah, the stories, stories that came out of those were, I mean, they were deep. They were cool. Just, I think the shock on people's faces to see what you guys were doing, what our people were doing was pretty awesome. Yeah, I uh, bought Chick-fil-A for people. Of course so, you did. Of course. Yeah. Nothing yeah. cheers you up like a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Yeah. So, yeah, did it was a lot of fun. Did you buy Sean and I Chick-fil-A? No. All right. No. I didn't think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you could get your own. So yeah, well, it's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was, um, yeah, it was a good, a good season. We just kept, you know, staying busy. I think what was also cool, you know, you talk about that event, but our people, you know, were jumping in. For sure. And participating as well, and even though, you know, usually we do those kind of events. There's this big rally, you know, mm. we, we gather at the church and we're doing things together and all that. But that was a season where it's like, hey, you kind of have to be on your own yep. and have to lead this on, on your own and yeah. lead your families in it. And so many people participated in it. And it was it was encouraging. It was it's like, hey, we're still able job. we're still able to, yeah. to do things. And um, even though we can't necessarily all be together in the same place. So, yeah, I thought that was really encouraging. Man, I think, you know, it's interesting. I remember mid-March, COVID comes in and it just knocks everything sideways, right? And so there's some things, like you said, pre, but but post, it was incredible to see how um, you guys, how our teams, but how our volunteers and people, like you said, just adjusted. Even just simple thinking about, we had to go within, what, three days to figure yes. out how we were going to do church. And and it's funny, you, you look back on this time frame, we've probably done church more like the early church did um, than any time before. I mean, having to meet in homes, uh, having to, you know, and like you said, Matt, not the large gatherings, but more of the living out on the everyday basis. And our teams did an incredible job making sure we were up online and going and, and ready to go. Um, it was a little shocking for us to yeah. have to teach the cameras and, mm -hmm. you know, all three of us doing those things. But I was so impressed with how our people just stayed committed, connected, and living out our mission. For sure. It was pretty <clears throat> awesome. Yeah, I... You guys probably have some stories too. Like some, there's probably moments through 2020 where you start thinking like, now we're gonna be okay. Mm. Like you, you don't know what's coming next. And 2020 was really a year of like, you make plans and you can't do those plans. Right. You gotta figure out new plans. But I, I remember just one of the moments for me um, being so proud of our church and, and then like taking a deep breath and go, we're gonna be all right. And it was um, getting closer to our uh, reopening day in August. And we we're doing the uh, Rocky Outdoor events. Yeah. 
And I can remember the first one at the Fred campus and so many people showed up mm-hmm. and energy was high. And, and we just, you know, it was like a family reunion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just a reminder for me, like, we're gonna be okay. This is yeah. good. People are, are, are with us and um, man, we're all living this together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just remember feeling like game on, we're, we're gonna be all right. Yeah. And, um, and you're right, engagement with our church has, has been awesome in this season. Mm-hmm. And um, even in the midst of some difficulties. Yeah. And uh, I just, I think for me that, I just remember being on the, uh, the truck bed, you yep. know, getting up there. I even remember being a little nervous because I had not been in front of people, you know, yeah. a large crowd for a while. And just, you know, watching people worship and, you know, teaching for 15 minutes, it was like this, we're gonna be good. Yeah. Those first moments of people worshiping together yeah. in person, outdoors, I think at both Niwat and Fred were like incredible. Yeah, really special. Yeah. yeah. And our people said that too. Yeah. So good to be together and thank you for, for doing this. Yeah. Putting this together. Yeah. And then I think the other thing, Rocky served. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we did um, Rocky Serve food packing. So everybody jumped in. And uh, for some people, I think it was their first time in the building, right? They had not been back to go to a service, yeah. but they were a willing to come back to serve pack food for um, these families in Haiti. And uh, yeah, well, healthy competition, right? <laughs> no, I'll right? tell you what, I, yeah, actually, I actually served, uh, my family and I, we served over at the Niwa campus, did some food packing. Because all the spots filled up so quick at the Fred campus, the campus guy couldn't even get a spot, <laughs> which is great. So went over to Niwad campus and uh, my team, you know, did an incredible job. You did do an incredible and, job. And but... I'm telling you, there's no way, there's no way any other group could do what we did because we were no, no, a no. machine. We were a machine. <laughs> no. Okay. okay. Packing so these boxes. As Amanda is my witness, did they not say that our team packed them. I think we set a world record for food pack. Did you we did. not? You At did. least a Rocky yeah. record. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sean won. Well, yeah. I understand. He's, he's, I understand he's a lead yeah, pastor <laughs> and it might be too soon. Might be too soon, but I like a recount. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> you, you went there. You did. Listen. You did. Yeah. No. I recounted. Okay. Okay. You good. Lost. Yeah. 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 You lost. I get it. Also, yeah, yeah. we had, we yeah, had yeah. a few less volunteers. There you go. There you go. A few less volunteers at Niwat. But we packed the same amount of food, 100,000 meals I hear for you. families in Haiti. It, this it was group, awesome. This group is not competitive yeah, yeah. at all. And, we're not competitive. And what was, what was so memorable for me about that event, it was cool to have my kids there serving. And I think for a lot of families, it was one of those opportunities to get, get the kids out. And um, my kids left there like, we want to do that again, you know, next year. Yeah, it was awesome. And um, yeah, it was awesome to see people and just, again, it was one of those kind of rallying moments. And yeah. you're like, we're going to be okay. You know, because I yeah. think when you're planning those things, you're thinking, are people going to sign up? Are, are we going to be able to get this done? And the answer was, yeah, and it filled up and yeah. it was awesome yeah. to see people jump in. So, yeah, I think to Sean's point of talking earlier about not growing weary, um, I think we've watched our people like jump in and do well through Rocky Serve, um, Coat Drive, Christmas Blessings, yeah. all of the things. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. been awesome. I think the. <laughs> You know, the, the last thing for me, this is probably the most recent one for this year. And again, this has everything to do with, with our church. And Sean, you mentioned this over the last couple of weeks, but the generosity piece throughout mm-hmm. the year. I mean, we have heard of, you know, a lot of other churches, you know, it's just the nature of the season and struggling financially. And Rocky has remained strong and, you know, a, a cool win uh, for me. I love Kenya. That's not a shock to anybody <laughs> uh, if they're part of our church. And... Um, even just a couple of weeks ago, 
Um, we were on the, a Skype call with uh, Mary Kamau, who's one of the directors of Missions of Hope International, and telling us about the school. And there's some structure things that um, you know, need to be fixed. And you know what's, again, I, I just believe it to be true, it's an unexpected season. It brings about unexpected opportunities. One of the just crazy stories of this year, even with uh, Kenya, was you know, they had to shut down their schools and uh, the school that we partner with. And, um, and then to get the kids back into the building, they were looking at putting more stories onto the building mm -hmm. to be able to social distance more. And so they sent the engineers in and the engineers discovered the building's not even structurally sound as it is, meaning that that building could have collapsed right. uh, at some point <laughs> in the future. And so just you know, hearing that like, man, God, thank you right. that we don't have a story of a building collapsing with 700 kids in it, because that would be devastating. Um, and then also here's an opportunity for us to jump in as a church. And as you mentioned on stage, because we've been so strong in our generosity, we were able to literally get back to them within days going, we're in, yeah. we can pay for it. Which is amazing. And um, man, that just makes me proud of our church, yeah. you know, that we can do that. So I even get a little teary out thinking about it because, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm just glad that we were able to, you know, the, the mission of the church didn't stop this year. We kept moving forward. And again, that has a lot to do with how uh, our church has responded. Yeah, I remember hearing early on when the pandemic started, the statistics on how many churches they said they believe would close their doors. Mm, yeah. I mean, not just stop doing ministry or missions or different things, but close their doors, not a shot. And so it does put in your mind a little bit of that pause that you said at the beginning of, man, are we gonna be all right? right. Mm -hmm. But at every turn, man, at every turn, you guys have just been incredible. And I, and I, I think you step back. I, I want to say thank you to you guys also, because um, people have to have something to connect to and, and to be led through. And you guys have done a phenomenal job at your campuses. Um, the people who have been online, maybe not physically at the campuses, man, I just love how they stayed engaged. Yeah. I love how they stayed going. And one of the neatest things this last Sunday for me was to walk in and see a guy who was volunteering that had never stepped foot inside our doors mm -hmm. before COVID who gets online, um, makes a decision for Christ online. First time he steps inside the doors, actually first time he came was at Rocky Outdoors. outdoors. Mm -hmm. yeah. Then he comes in, first time he, he's inside the campus is to get baptized. And he's already on two or three different volunteer teams and he's telling everybody he knows yeah. um, about what God's doing through him and through, through this place. Yeah. And I think that's just, that's what happens when we don't quit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to see the amount of baptisms, that's probably my favorite thing through yeah. this whole time is to see faces every single weekend. I think we've had like four, three weekends throughout uh, the maybe. entire time of COVID, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That we haven't had a baptism. I mean, there have been multiple baptisms yeah. every weekend. And what a blessing just to see yeah. people living out the gospel, making yeah. commitments. It's been awesome. You know, we've had to make some changes, right, with even services and streaming. And because of that, we've been able, you know, each campus and folks online, we've been able to see just about every baptism, yeah. Yeah. which it's is awesome. not usually yeah. the norm, right? You just see the baptisms yeah. that are happening at the campus that you're at. So it's been cool to experience all that. And With baptisms at uh, Rocky Outdoors. Yeah. That was one of your favorites, oh. I think. Yeah, with... Uh, Bailey. It was, yeah. Rocking yeah. Outdoors at the Nywat campus. Yeah. Had a couple awesome. people get baptized, and then a couple people are like, I want to get baptized now. Yeah. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. That's I was crying awesome. like a little baby on that one, too. It was so good. <laughs> you do a lot of crying. I'm in. I don't want to admit it, but I, think I cry a lot more. Yeah. 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 It's been so good. Yeah. I think that going back to that verse that talks about you'll reap a harvest if you don't quit. Mm. 
And I think there's a lot of things that have just been put on pause this year. Um, but I am I'm happy to say that from our perspective, our mission, um, uh, everything that we're trying to do with people, we've not pushed pause on those things. Um, we've said, let's keep going. And God has allowed us to keep going. He's blessed. Um, I wanna thank everyone for their generosity. I mean, we can't keep the doors open and keep the ministry flowing and going without the generosity of our people. You guys have been incredible. And I would say, don't quit. Mm -hmm. And I also would say thank you to all the small group leaders. I mean, the small group leaders I said to Mitch Comset and to Susan Broerman, uh, who, who lead that ministry, I just said to them early on, I said, guys, I don't think we're as strong as we are at this moment. It was kind of middle of summer. Right if our people aren't staying connected and they're not just gonna stay connected online, they're gonna stay connected with their community. And that's what our groups provide. If you're not in a group, you need to get in a group. And to see how many people have gone through Rooted, I mean, to, I mean, you would think Rooted is kind of more the in-person, we have Rooted groups that are meeting online, like Zoom calls and oh, doing yeah. all of that. Then when we get back together, they start getting back together. Some of the baptisms we've seen recently have been because of Rooted. There's so many things that I just, I'd say thank you to all the small group leaders, all the volunteers who have kept volunteering. It's been a joy to watch. And honestly, I said at the very beginning, we're gonna come out of this stronger. I actually didn't realize how strong we were, yeah. that God had us in the midst of this. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think. And I've said this to many, many people, even over the last couple of weeks, um, even going through all of 2020 and the pandemic, and we still don't really know what the right. future holds, right? We don't have yeah. the timetable for it and, and what next month looks like, but I've never been more excited for, you know, I've been saying the next six months, like mm -hmm. it just, yeah. and it's a little bit of the idea, like when you go through difficult things and you're still standing, yeah. it's like game on yeah, bring it. and you see like, there's so many good things that are happening in the midst of really difficult situations. I don't know if I've been more excited about a stretch of ministry in 2021. Mm. And um, from you know just working in the teaching calendar and just things that we're planning and looking yes. at and where yeah. God has positioned us, it is exciting. And, yeah. um, and I know, it, you know it's like, well, you're supposed to say that as you go into the new year, <laughs> but I mean it, you know, of-, of do, you feel, do you feel a little bit like, hey, if we could handle 2020, yeah. <laughs> um, if God gets yeah. us through that, what's, what's he not gonna get us yeah, through? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, it's, you're just reminded again and again, and I'm sure we've all had those doubts in different moments of leadership, and yet God shows up and he does what he does, and you go, man, he's got it. And so yeah. that just makes you all the more excited to get after you know, whatever the future holds, even if it's difficult. Yeah. He's, he's proven again, and we know these things to be true. Right. And yet sometimes you have to live them out and experience I think we've it. Learned so many, we've learned so many things through COVID yes. that it's like, the things that we thought were negative, it actually made us better. Yeah, and I think, stronger. Yeah, stronger, yes. for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. And I look back at that verse, Galatians chapter six, verse 10, just to kind of summarize it, paraphrase it. He, Paul wraps up and he, he talks about, again, uh, continuing in doing good and, and not quitting. But he uses this idea that he says at, at kind of at the ordained time, like at the opportune time, it goes back to the previous verse where it talks about how um, just time in general. And there's, there's time that's appointed time and then there's this time that kind of you schedule and happen. But it's the idea of that God has appointed opportunities for every one of us. And I step back and look at 2020 and I'm like, man, there were so many appointed moments that I think he had for people to expand for us to change some things, mm -hmm. to yeah. change ministry for the better and some other, that really reached out to people, like I mentioned earlier, like Chris, yep. 
who came. And there's so many stories like that. Some of you are watching and man, before 2020, you didn't know Rocky was around, even around, you didn't even have a relationship with Jesus. Now because of what's happened. And I, I think there are some opportune times coming, like some appointed times as we move into this next year. And I just wanna encourage all of us. I know you guys are in, I know you're leading forward. I love what you're We're doing. In. We're yeah. In. yeah, yeah. But I want to encourage our people, man, don't quit. Man, get behind these two, get behind our teams, get behind the mission of what we're doing. Because I think when we pull back and we isolate and we put up walls and we do some of those things just relationally, and some of that we've had to do to protect and, you know, and keep people healthy, but in the bigger sense, spiritually, when we pull back, we pull ourselves out of what God has called us to be doing relationally with people. And I just want to encourage us. Let's let 2021 be the year where we dive in for the sake of the one that's not here yet. Mm. And the one that God wants to reach and he wants to reach them, not just through us, but through all of you. You guys are the heroes of the story. You've done an incredible job this year, keeping this place strong. And we're gonna look back in years to come and we're gonna be like, man, look at what God did. And so I just wanna wrap up this time and could I just ask you guys to pray? Yeah. Just a prayer of blessing on that. Amanda, if you'd, if you'd start, Matt, if you would close us up. I think we just ask God to bless our people individually, but also bless the mission of what he wants to do through our church. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it, let's pray. God, um, just thankful, even the, in the midst of craziness and chaos and maybe some pain and so much change, just um, actually thankful for 2020 and this season and just to stand back and watch what you did, um, what your people um, did that call Rocky home. So thankful to be a part of that. Um, just can't wait to see what you continue to do um, through our church. Um, yeah, just excited to go into 2021 and just to continue in ministry. God, um, thank you for just blessing Rocky. Thank you um, just for the way that we served people, not just locally, but globally, God, and um, just watching you work. Father, I thank you even just for the reminder of what we just celebrated at Christmas, that you are with us. You're with us uh, in, on the mountaintop. You're with us in the valley, the good and the bad. And I think this year's just been a reminder of that. You've been with us all the way through. And uh, once again, to, to no surprise, you, you have shown that you are in control of all things. And even for those that are watching right now who are still feeling some of the tension of, of this year and uncertainty about the future. I, I pray that you would remind them that you are near. It's the greatest truth that we have, that you're with us. Uh, and Father, we're excited about what is yet to come in 2021. And we know that you're in the midst of our planning and preparations. And just as Sean said, we, we wanna be a church that's reaching people uh, who don't know who you are. And I pray that you'll lead us uh, to make the right decisions and. Uh, and to prepare and to plan in such a way where uh, we can see a harvest of, of people who are far from you, and yet 2021 will change your life for eternity. So we couldn't be more excited about that. We're so thankful for our church and everyone who's a part of it, and I pray you'll just continue uh, to encourage us and to unify us as we, as we are about the mission that you've called us to. So we love you. We thank you for Jesus. That's why we're here. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. 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 
And thank you guys. I appreciate you guys joining, joining me. Love you guys a ton and just appreciate all your hard work. And I want to say thank you to all of you. And I just want to encourage you. I hope you have a great rest of the year, a happy new year. And we want to encourage you to be back with us in January as we start a new series that's called Just Okay is not okay. And we are hoping that 2021 is going to be a whole different year. So you guys have a great next few days and we'll see you next week.